This is the time that I almost had sex with a real life succubus. All right, so something interesting just happened. Uh, my man Chris convinced me to <laughs> to tell a story that I didn't know if I wanted to tell on the podcast. Um, Chris, you want to kind of intro the story so they know what to expect? Got, actually, better yet, why don't you walk us through the experience of the first time I told? Because I haven't told you the full story yet. I've only told you about, I would say, forty percent of it. Uh. Walk us through the how how it came up the first time that you and I talked about it and kind of what, what your thoughts were first, which made you curious to hear it even more on today's episode. Yeah, so I, I remember we were talking about how this conversation even was brought up was because of aliens. That is how you know this one's going to be a good story. And when Patrick was, when you were just telling me about it, um, talking about different experiences and aliens, you for some reason you brought up this one time that you approached a girl at a club in Scottsdale and it turned out to be something far far more what dare I say demonic <laughs> about uh but uh for me I was stunned I was in awe I I had so many emotions going into it because I didn't know whether to believe you or not but with you you know with your stories in the past that you you haven't lied so that is what got me really intrigued <laughs> was that most of my stories turned out to be true and then this one seemed to be so crazy but i i swear it's true so that's what got you intrigued huh yeah okay uh so i think it's perfect for a, a podcast personally now that we're doing it just because it is a little bit of a story so sit back relax and just give me the thumbs up because we're trying to get the broad dating advice podcast format to take off and honestly the more you guys engage with these videos the more it actually helps out uh get more guys exposed to the advice that already exists on this channel as well as my books so if you guys could leave a comment below give us a thumbs up and certainly subscribe if you aren't already it would definitely help out the show and you'll definitely get some value out of this but honestly this story it's it's a fucking story it's gonna last about uh probably 30 minutes. That's probably the shortest rendition I've told about it. So anyways, bro, this is the time that I almost had sex with a real life succubus. Now, here's the thing. I didn't know what a succubus was before this story happened. I ended up finding out at the end of the story when I told the story of what happened to my roommates at the time, which I've talked about these roommates before. Like I used to live in, in basically in this apartment in Old Town Scottsdale with two other guys who were super uh, big into picking up women. And so we would just go out all the time approaching women and picking up women. So anyways, when I told my roommate this story, He's about my age, and then the other roommate is like in his, he was like 35, 36 at the time. So at the time, I was like 26, probably. Uh, and I was like, yo, this is what happens. And he goes, she kind of sounds like a succubus. And then I looked up on Wikipedia what a succubus was because I was like, what's, what's that? It's literally a demon that in folklore, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, isn't it known to just seduce men while they're sleeping and have sex with them? Something to I know it's similar to like mermaids where they reel you in and they just fucking turn uh, turn on you. Okay, this is like I what I would assume like someone in Hollywood would hear this story and then make their own version that's a little bit creepier um, on a Hollywood movie. So this is what happened, bro. Um, there's this place called Boondocks that was like two blocks away from where I used to, to where I used to live in Old Town Scottsdale, and uh, it was like a Friday night, maybe it was like Thursday night because it was like a it was a random night. Anyways, uh, we go out to Boondocks to start pre-gaming, start warming up for the night. And uh, there's no, but there's like hardly anybody there. It's just a bunch of dudes. And half these dudes are wearing name tags. And Boondocks is kind of like a, one of those dive bars. Uh, and it's like a cool dive bar because it's an old town Scottsdale. And so there's a lot of guys wearing name tags like, hi, my name is Jim. Right. And they write it with a marker. And uh, me and my buddies are there. And they keep coming up to us. All these different dudes keep coming up. Hey, are you guys here for the meetup? Hey, are you guys here for the meetup? And so uh, me, I kind of just like using any excuse or a theme. And I make it the theme of like how I'm going to approach women that night just to keep myself entertained. And so 
immediately when I realized there's a meetup going on here and it was just a bunch of dudes hanging out and maybe some women and these women were not very attractive, the women that were there. Um, I was like, any girl that I want to talk to tonight, I'll just start asking them, Hey, are you here for the meetup? <laughs> and just kind of start the conversation that way. So anyways, I'm, I'm kind of just mingling around the place is starting to pick up momentum. And this girl walks in and like I said, the girls who were in there were not that attractive because they were like older. They were there for the meetup and there weren't any girls there that went for the meetup. Right. And, uh, long story short, I ended up finding out it's like a meetup for, singles in Scottsdale and it was just like all all like people who are middle-aged and um this woman walks in she's a cougar but she is elegant as fuck she's wearing a white dress and it is glowing white and part of what gives it the glowing perception is she had all this elegant gold jewelry on so gold rings gold bracelets gold fucking neck ornament over her white dress she's got this huge rack and a tight body and she's a little bit of a cougar. You could tell she was like in her 30s. So anyways, I'm like, at one point tonight, I've got to talk to this girl. And so I was already kind of in conversation with anybody, I'm sure, right? Because I'm just that guy who talks to everybody and kind of just makes the venue my party. Um, and so I'm talking to people. And one of the guys we were at with, he's, uh, he was, he's a lawyer middle-aged guy as well in his thirties. Um, he ends up talking to this girl. And so I'm like, Oh, I, I want to work my way over there. See what's good. And they were kind of standing in the hub of where all the meetup people were. So I worked my way over there and, uh, I start talking to the both of them and, uh, he leaves, but I could tell she was like annoyed with him. She was, she just wasn't into him. And then immediately when I start talking to her, like, when I talk about how you can, you, you can see the moment a girl's attracted to you, you remember I talked about that a couple episodes ago where it's like you can see the shift in her eyes that she's attracted to you and yeah. now she's into the conversation. It was like, it was like, I don't know, shooting layups, bro. Like normally if it takes me a, a let's say on a hypothetical scale of one to five, if it takes me a three level of effort to try to like to work my charm and get this girl attracted to me, this was like a one. It was a fucking layup, right? So the first words out of my mouth, I could tell she was super into me. And so, um, we start talking and we start vibing anyways, we continue the conversation and we move out of the, uh, out of the bar and go to a bench that's out inside of boondocks and we start talking. And so we're talking on that bench for so long, but the whole time it's kind of just me, uh, playfully challenging her, teasing her and she's into it. And I'm like trying to kiss her on the cheek, but every now and then she, every time she like turns her head. So I always get the cheek, but she's into the conversation and she keeps talking to me. Right. So anyways, you stay on that bench. Cause I'm like, my apartment's right there. Eventually this conversation is going to lead there hopefully. Right. And so my, the people I was with my roommates and then the other guy who was a lawyer, they go on to the other bars. Cause you know, you start out at boondocks and then you go to all the other cool bars. And so they start going that way. And I'm like, yeah, just leave you know, leave me behind. I'll, I'll stay here. I'm going to hold it down on this bench. Right. And so we're talking on the bench for a couple of hours. It's probably midnight by this point. And keep in mind, we were pre-gaming and we were talking on the bench for until midnight, but the conversation's just flowing. Right. And then here's where kind of shit starts shifting. Cause I know when I'm about to pull a girl back to my place, cause I've done this many times, right? You go from venue and maybe you have one or two, let's call them like mid locations where you kind of just stops pit stops is a perfect word you go you have like one or two pit stops on the way but each pit stop is steps closer back to the final location which you want to be your place or hers right and so the pit stop from boondocks to the bench that's me getting out the door with her and then the other pit stop if i really wanted to go to my apartment that's really easy because it's right there but um I could just tell that I just wanted to continue this conversation with this girl. And so we go to this place called Fox Cigar Lounge, which is like a, a pit stop that's actually a little bit closer, right, to my apartment anyway. So I'm down and it's right there. And so we go to Fox, Fox Cigar Lounge. We sit on these fucking lounges, lounge seats, and we're, we're just drinking margaritas. And here's where the conversation shifts, bro. Immediately, the conversation goes from me kind of putting in the charm, carrying the conversation and then just kind of teasing her and going for the kiss along the way. Uh, now it's completely flip-flopped and she is asking me super, super deep questions, almost interrogating me. And I don't even get a chance to fucking 
interject or like guide the conversation anywhere. She's just super interested in every little detail about me. Right. But it wasn't like I told her like every fucking childhood memory and stuff, but it's like, it's like this girl's interested. Right. Um, and honestly she was qualifying me the way I would recommend qualifying most girls, um, which was kind of cool, but the conversation was going great. And she was just a, a, a mature woman, again, elegant, tight body. So amazing looking. Right. And literally still glowing. Anyways, they kick us out at like 2 a.m. And I haven't asked her a question once. Like the conversation completely flipped. And so now I'm like, it's do or die time. We got to go back to my place or I got to get her number because this is not going to go any further than this. And so I'm leaning against her car and kind of just blocking the door because we're still hanging out. Right. And I'm trying to get her to kiss me. And uh, she's standing leaning towards me. I'm leaning back into her car and I keep getting the cheek. She keeps turning the cheek, but I just know like playful persistence. You carry the conversation, get her a little bit more attracted to you, build up the tension a little bit, and then you go for the kiss again. So anyways, I remember there was like, it was almost like when she finally let me kiss her on the lips, it was, it was like a, a vibe that I got from her that it wasn't like, okay, fine. Like most girls, it would be okay, I've made this guy earn it enough. And then like it, you almost got the sense that she was mo guiding and influencing the situation every step of the way, which is weird because like at this point I have pretty fucking good game. And so I would expect me to be the one doing that shit. And I didn't even realize until I recollected every detail about this after the fact, because this is one of those stories where just like any horror movie, it starts off like all sunshine and roses and then shit goes weird real quick. Right. And so she starts, we start kissing. I get one kiss in. She breaks it off early. Normally, I'm the fucking one to pull away first, right? She breaks it off early. And she says to me something that this is the, I would say, I thought the turning point was when she started asking me questions. This is the turning point. She says, have you ever heard of soul gazing before? Now, this is an intriguing line to say because the only time that I've heard uh, of the term soul gazing in a seduction context is in a dating advice program that was released like a long time ago called the love code and the love code was a Jason capital program where he basically referenced this study where the, there was like 36 psychological questions or questions that they asked that made, um, someone feel connected with you. And then at the end of the ex experiment, they would make the people hold eye contact for two minutes after they'd been asking each other, these 36 questions to get to know each other uh, a lot more. And then they make them hold eye contact for two minutes straight. And what they found was uh, they got a bunch of like, it was like a hundred random women and a hundred random men and they paired them up randomly and made them go do this thing, right? And what they found was uh, a significant percentage of these couples who participated in this experiment ended up falling in love and getting married, right? And some of them were actually people who were on the experimenter team that had been trying to experiment too, right? People that you just wouldn't expect that were paired up at random. So the love code was when Jason Capital kind of put his own twist and script on it. And, uh, and he called it soul gazing. And that's how you get this girl after you've been asking each other questions to get her to want to like, look at you in the eyes and, and hold that eye contact for two minutes. And it creates that feeling of love. And so I'd known about this dating advice program in the past. And it was really intriguing to me that she said that to me because I was like, I kind of played dumb. I was like, huh? No, I haven't. Tell me about it. <laughs> And she goes, well, yeah, so it's this thing where you got to hold eye contact for two minutes at a time. She's seducing me, bro. That's the moment where I realized she's seducing me, okay? And so the the thing that Jason Capital said in that program, I remember, he, he, was, all, he was always like, um, the only thing is you don't want to be holding eye contact, or you don't want to be holding skin contacts with her when you're doing the eye contact because it'll just ramp up the emotions even more. And so she's like, yeah, we should do this soul gazing thing. It'll be fun. And so I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm just playing dumb. I'm letting her kind of take over because obviously she's working towards the same thing that I am. And so we sit on this electrical box. There's like green boxes that cover the electrical stuff that you can just kind of set stuff yeah. on there outside. We sit on it and keep in mind, you're not supposed to make skin contact unless you really want to fucking ample it up. She sits on my lap and is facing towards me. And the whole, the whole like where it becomes fun is like, now you can't kiss me. Remember, no, no, don't make any moves. We got to do it. We got to hold it for the two minutes, right? She sits in my lap and is facing towards me and right in my face, bro. <laughs> and, um, 
And then we hold the eye contact and uh, uh, about two minutes in, she goes in and starts making out with me. Now, <laughs> we could start kissing. And to me, it was interesting because I was like, yo, this is a complete 180 from the girl who wouldn't kiss me for four hours, right? And now she's all about it. And she's kissing me in ways that I've never been kissed before. What What do you mean by that? I mean, she's doing things that it's like so weird that you don't know if it's like kinky, like she's got experience or, oh, this chick's fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like she would form a lip lock seal with my lips and suck. And I, I literally felt my chest get the air sucked out of it. She would be like, and like, I would go uh, uh, like mid makeout. And, and then she would like stick her tongue in and do like this weird stuff and like lick my lips and stuff and then form a lip lock seal. But like licking my lips, you think it's getting my lips wet to form a tighter seal. You know what I'm saying? I just put two and two together right there. So she's literally sucking the life out of my chest, bro. This is an important detail for later when you, when I realize that she's a fucking succubus, right? But, uh, so anyways, um, more of the story is there was a lot of connection there after we did where she was asking me all the fucking questions, right? Just like in the love code, when we got to Fox Cigar Lounge, immediately after she does the soul, brings up the soul gaze and we do it, we're making out. Now, we're, we, long story short, we kind of, uh, I try to get her back to my place and she's like, well, I can't go back to your place, but we can go back to my place. And so we drive in her car, we go back to her place and she also stops. She makes a pit stop on the way back to her place and she buys toothbrush and toothpaste from the gas station. Um, I guess just... I was like, why, why are you buying toothbrush and toothpaste? She's like, well, because you got to freshen up your breath, right? And she buys one for her too, which is really weird because if we're going back to her place, why does she need a toothbrush and toothpaste as well? So we go back to this apartment and I feel like I know where these apartments are because I've lived in Scottsdale for so long. But I remember I didn't, I've never seen these places before this time where I was going there. And it's honestly like right there and um, just kind of a few minutes away. And we turn like it's, you see the lights of Scottsdale, the street lights, the cars. And I remember the vibe completely changed when we turned. And by this point, it's like three in the morning. So we turn into where her apartment complex is and immediately everything kind of just feels dead and lifeless. Like I shit you not, there was no lights anymore. There, everything was just dark, right? And there was maybe a few cars in the parking lot, but the whole place kind of just looked like an empty jail. If I kind of recollect the memory. That's crazy. I just, I just put this together. 3 a.m. That is the witch's hour. <sighs> okay. <laughs> that's going to be, that's a good thing that you fucking brought up because here's where shit really starts getting fucking weird. So we park and again, it's just dark. So I'm from Kansas originally. And sometimes if you get in remote parts of the country, it'll be dark. You can see the stars. I've, I, I just remember this was one of those nights where you could see the stars, like the shit that you can't see when you're in Scottsdale where the lights are. Right. And so, uh, we park and we're walking into her place and as we're walking up, there's this cat that starts walking up towards us. Now it's 3 a.m. and it's a black cat. And I didn't really put two and two together with the witching hour, but I'm like eyeballing this cat because I'm allergic to cats. And that's mm. a story for another day because I actually ended up having to go to the ER once because this girl had cats that I had been hooking up with. Anyways, <laughs> uh, that's another story. But this cat, I'm eyeballing it, and I've actually been known a time or two to pick up a rock and chuck it at the cat so it won't come near me, right? So she actually stops and talks to the cat, bro. 3 a.m., the cat's walking up. She stops and has a full-on conversation. And I'm not talking like the way I would talk to my dog, Tucker, like a normal dog owner. She's having a conversation with it. And it's like not like, oh, you're so cute. Oh, little cute. It's like, Oh, how are you? Oh, no way. Like, tell me more. Like, that kind of shit, bro. So anyways, at this point, I'm just still a horny 26-year-old man. Nothing has phased me yet. I haven't realized anything yet. This is all in retrospect, okay? So, talk to the cat. Cool. Anyways, at least we're going to go upstairs to your apartment and probably get this on, right? So, we go back up to her place. And immediately, I walk into her place, and I felt like the, the whole apartment complex was dead before, like a fucking empty jailhouse. We walk into this fucking apartment, and it looks like someone put furniture in there just to have an apartment 
as like a kind of like a model, like an apartment that mm. had just the bare bones furniture. I remember the wall kind of just looked white, lifeless. It had nothing on the wall. It was actually bare brick. Um, I, but I think that was like a styling choice of the apartment. But then there was this couch, just like this random ass couch, no other furniture really. A but then to my left, right when I walk in the door, a giant ass dining room table, candles that have never been lit. And what is it? Three, six, eight seats that are fully made with like the three plates, the four forks, the knife, the, the champagne glass, the side salad plate. Ready for a dinner. It's perfectly set. And I was like, okay, this is a little bit weird. Um, we walk in and she obviously does good what he would recommend. Hey, do you want something to drink? Um, you want some food? Are you hungry? Great. So I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm hungry. Uh, she goes, okay, go look in the fridge. I think I have some veggie patties. And she goes into her room and she's changing out of this elegant jewelry. Actually, she's not changing yet. I think she just went to the bathroom. Um, so we, I look in her refrigerator and there's nothing in there. Not a damn thing. It's empty. I look in the freezer. The only thing in the freezer is one box of veggie patties, bro. Like literally that the, the fridge had not been used. Okay. Even this isn't phasing me at this point. And uh, I'm like, yeah, I see the veggie patties, but it's like, it's all you got. And then she also had like um, some soda water on the counter and vodka, like to make me a drink. So she made me a drink with soda water, vodka, and then we cooked the veggie patties. And then we sit down at her freshly made dining room table with candles that had never been burned. And uh, she lights the candles and we sit down and eat the veggie patties. And bro, me and her just chow down on veggie patties. And if there's one thing I can remember, those veggie patties were bomb. <laughs> and uh, so I, I just remember she was still wearing the elegant jewelry and the dress. But immediately after we get done e eating veggie patties, it's like 3 a.m. She like, her energy completely changes. And she kind of just like does this, hey, I'm going to go in my room and change real quick. And she hops and skips like a fucking leprechaun into the fucking room and comes out. And she's wearing like a normal, normal girl T-shirt and jeans. But I'm thinking, wait, aren't we supposed to be like kind of taking clothes off, not putting on whole new outfits, right? And so, um, but I'm just kind of going with the flow. And that's like the thing that, you know, any guys listen to this, if you're pulling a girl back to your place, you don't realize that that's also kind of where the game starts as well. Like when you get her back to your place, it's not always automatic. Sometimes it is, depending on the mood and kind of the circumstances. But oftentimes you might spend another three, four hours talking before anything actually ends up happening. So anyways, I'm just kind of going with the flow here. She puts on that and she goes, hey, let me show you something on the on the back porch. And so she's like, uh, she's like, I want to show you the stars. And so we go on the back porch and she starts busting out the star chart and she's showing me the stars. And this is kind of like, it's like a romantic date that I almost feel like she's trying to, she's trying to woo me, you know? So she's showing me the stars. She's like, oh, look at this constellation, this constellation. And I'm, I love space. You know, we were talking about aliens. This is how the whole succubus story came up in the first place. Right. Um, but I remembered a detail when we were talking at Fox Cigar Lounge at this point where well, I'm literally trying to undress. I'm trying to take off my shoes. Right. So I'm like, how do I do this? For some reason, I remembered at Fox Cigar Lounge when I told her what I was at in school for at the time, you know, this is right after I dropped out of, close after I dropped out of dental school, she told me she went to school and in school she learned how to read toes. And I'm like, wait, like reading toes? And I think part of why, why she said that is because I was like touching her hands. I was like, oh yeah, I'm a palm reader. I can read your palms. And she's like, oh really? No, I can read toes. And so she, I was like, toes, I've never heard that one. And I thought she was joking, and but she was like dead serious. And so at this point, during the stargazing, I'm like, okay, enough's enough. Let's start, you know, let's let's try to get this going. And so I'm like, hey, do you remember you told me you could read toes? And she's like, oh, yeah, do you want me to read your toes? I'm like, sure. She goes, okay, let me go get some lotion. Go sit on the couch and take off your shoes and socks. I was like, oh, this is legit. She's getting out lotion, too. <laughs> she's about to massage my feet. So we sit. I sit down on the couch, and I'm thinking to myself, I know, I know how this works. People who try to read you, they're trying to read your body language, your micro expressions to try to see um, what's what's going on with you. And uh, they, they like kind of gauge what your, how your reactions are to see what they want to say next, right? 
And uh, so I'm thinking to myself, I'm not going to give this girl anything. I'm going to sit back and I'm just not going to make a single expression on my face. And honestly, I haven't told this girl. I've told her, uh, she asked me a lot of questions, but it's not like I opened up about personal details about my life. You know what I'm saying? Um, so anyways, she takes out, like my socks are off. She starts massaging my feet. She gives me like a little quick warm up massage. And it was, it was nice. Um, and then she looks at my toes and she's like this, bro looking at my toes like that and I'm leaning back and I'm like, I'm not going to give this girl anything. And she did not look at my face once. She didn't look up. She was on her fucking knees, just fucking studying my toes like this. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, okay. And she's telling me, okay, this toe represents this and all these toes represent this. I was like, okay, interesting. It was like things like financial success, um, your future, you know, your lifeline, you know, your fucking, um, uh, all the different things about your life, different aspects. And there's like 10 things and the right foot represented something and the left foot represented something. So this was like something that she was seriously, what it was clearly not a joke. If it was a joke, it was very elaborate the way she was describing it. Right. And so she's studying my toes and she starts saying things that I've always been skeptical of these psychics, but she's saying things that how the fuck did you know that? You know, it kind of just makes you go, huh? And I'm not giving her anything. I'm just like this. Nothing. I'm not even moving a muscle. I'm not even making a peep. I'm not laughing, not nothing. She's studying one toe. And I remember my big toe at the time had this, this, uh, callus that kept peeling off and it was just a constant thing. I was just, I had to keep peeling off and she goes, Oh, that's interesting that you have this. And I, in my head, I'm like, I play basketball all the time. It's normal. You, you know, whatever. And she's like, well, this is the toe that represents your like, um, family and social life. You had a, you had a big change recently what? And she's like, did you like drop out of school or something? I was like, you know, I'm trying to not give her anything. She goes, yeah, it looks like you like, I don't know. You like either stopped your job or you dropped out of school and then you, you lost your whole social circle and you kind of just started out fresh. And uh, I don't know, but the next toe says that it's going to work out because it's like, I see a lot of like financial success in your future. I'm like, the fuck this bitch just told me that I dropped out of dental school and started a whole new social circle. So here's the thing where that, why that's crazy. I didn't tell her that. Secondly, what the fuck does me stopping my job have to do with starting a whole new social circle? I literally didn't talk to anybody that went to my dental school or that I was friends with when I first moved here, when I dropped out because I literally started fresh and she was telling me these types of details that I'm like, if she was really just trying to read my body language, there's no way that she would have gotten that shit. But I mean, she was saying a bunch of stuff like that. And so I'm like, okay, this is weird. So anyways, <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. Toe reading. Let's go to the bedroom. And so she, we go and we're making a one more drink before we go to the bedroom. And she had this essential oil kit on her counter. It was like one of the few things that was in this apartment essential oils with like 50 fucking little jars of essential oils. And I'm like, Hey, what are these? Are these like those essential oils? Do you like cook with these or whatever? She goes, Oh, it's a game. Have you ever played the game? And I was like, uh, no, what's the game? She goes, okay, so here's the card that describes all the essential oils. You pick a card and, uh, and, uh, then you read the description, you get the oil that you picked and you put a drop on your tongue. Fun. So she's like, I'll go first. So she did it. She picked the card. She put the oil under her tongue. She ate the oil. She's like, okay, now you go. And so I pick a card at random and I get the card, the star of Bethlehem. Do you know what the star of Bethlehem is? No. The star of Bethlehem is the star that the shepherds saw when Jesus was being born and it led the shepherds to, to Jesus being born. So anyways, star of Bethlehem is like a biblical reference. So I'm like, okay, star of Bethlehem. I read the description. I'm looking through the essential oil kit I'm looking for this oil. I'm like, yo, I can't find it. Where's the star of Bethlehem? I don't know. It seems to be missing. And she's like, what What are you talking about? It can't be missing. I'm like, I don't know. Can you find it? I can't find it. And she starts looking. She goes, oh, this is a brand new set. How, how's the star of Bethlehem missing? And she can't find it. And so here's where I'm like, yo, the only fucking oil missing is the one that has a biblical reference. Here's where I'm like, huh? That's a little weird that the only one fucking missing is the one that's from the Bible. This chick is like freaking me out. And so now I'm starting to put two and two together. This chick talks to cats. This chick just 
had a fucking weird ass fucking dining room table and she uh read my toes but i'm still horny and i'm trying to get laid so <laughs> um so then she goes into the bedroom and i realize this chick is going to change her outfit again because i go in the bedroom and she's in her closet and so i walk in and i'm walking in and i'm just going to start making out with her i'm going to put her on the bed right and uh, when i see her she's in her fucking closet and I look in her closet and I see the clothes that are in there. And here's what immediately stood out to me. Every outfit in the closet was hung up, firmly pressed, wrapped in plastic like it just got back from the dry cleaner. Every outfit. And all the clothes were like old lady clothes. The only outfits that were not in plastic were her elegant white dress and the one she was wearing. And she was looking for another outfit to unwrap and fucking put on. And I'm like, is this shit crazy? What's going on here? And why does she have an old lady clothes? And why are they all firmly pressed and wrapped? Like nobody's fucking been in this bedroom for years. So uh, I'm still horny. I'm still trying to get laid. So I start making out with her. I put her on the, on the, on the bed. Long story short, it was amazing foreplay but it never went anywhere and when it when it, i was like making out with her i can i guess i won't go into extreme detail but it was like she kissed every inch of my body from head to toe it was amazing and i just laid her there and she did all the work and it was like hours and i was like the horniest i'd ever 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 been and right when i'm like about to go penetrate stick it in she stops me cold stop or dead stop after hours. Right. And I'm like, what's good. And she goes, yeah, we can't, we can't do this until you go down on me. I said, what? She goes, yeah, I just have like this rule where I won't have sex with a guy unless, unless he goes down on me first. And like, if a girl says like, she has a rule, like a normal girl, you go, Oh, it's just like, you know, the way she likes to do things. The way she said it, it was like with the tonality of like, this is a life code I have. I can't do this unless you go down on me first. So she was like dead serious. Yeah, dead serious. Like it's her thing. Like it's her thing, right? Here's the other thing that I didn't mention. She has a tattoo that covers her entire back. And it looks like a fucking, a tail coming out of her butt crack. And it's a tattoo that goes down into her butt crack. And I was, I every time I asked her, this chick was the best at deflecting questions in a way to where when you ask her a question that she doesn't want to answer, you would you would almost forget that you asked the question just with her answer. And so um, I probably asked her, and I remember this in retrospect, four or five times, hey, what, what, what does that tattoo represent? What is it? And she would always just kind of be like, oh, you know, this thing, you know, anyways. But like she would do it so so seamlessly that I wouldn't even realize that she never answered the thing. But it was always like some play. Oh, you know, like, but she never answered it. Right. So anyways, um, I'm like, OK, well, uh, whatever. I, I just I don't know. It's kind of weird. I don't like to go down on women unless I get to know them. And I only told her this because I had uh, a scarring experience in Vegas uh, shortly before this where I went down on a woman who was on her period. And when you turn on the. The, the lights, the it looked like a murder scene in the bedroom. Jesus. <laughs> and, and she, she actually didn't tell you any of this? Like beforehand? The, 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 the period girl? No. This is a girl in Vegas that I went home with or back to her hotel room with. And then she had the audacity to go, why you make me bleed? And then she kicked me out. <laughs> and then, uh, so anyways, so that happened. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was like, yeah, I don't know if I feel like I'm still a little bit traumatized from that. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so I also, just the way she was like, no, you have to do this. I almost just didn't want to do it just for that reason. Um, so I didn't. And she wouldn't let me. Uh, Take we, it we any further. Yeah, we never went any further. But we did talk. And we were probably talking because uh, I'm, I'm thinking eventually she's going to get horny and let me do this. Um, so we're talking and she's telling me about her whole childhood. And her whole childhood revolves around her. Um, she's like, I've never told anybody this, but I was actually a escort for billionaires and I would take billionaires around. I would get traveled around the world with these billionaires and they would do these sexual acts on me. And that's what she told me she did to make hella, hella money. And now she's like an ER nurse and she went to school to become a nurse in the ER or whatever. Um, 
But anyways, she also said, uh, cause I asked her like, well, what, what made you kind of go down that route? And she was kind of telling me like, oh yeah, like my whole life I've craved my dad's approval. Like he just, I always felt like I never got any approval from my dad. I'm like, oh, this is classic daddy issues type of girl. And so I kind of, I was like, you know, you, what you described to me is like what people would classify as daddy issues. Right. And she goes, no, I don't think so. And she's like, telling me all these stories about her dad was super strict and she never got his approval. Long story short, her dad's the fucking devil, bro. She didn't tell me that, but I put that together and it would only make sense, right? So anyways, <laughs> we never end up having sex. And, but I just got this weird feeling the whole time because I ended up sleeping there because it was like 11 a.m. by the time we stopped like the, all the foreplay, the drinking, the hanging, the talking or whatever. And then we slept, fell asleep for a few hours before she dro drove me home. Um, but I don't know why. I just kind of got the weird vibe when I was trying to fall asleep that morning and the sun's like kind of shining through the windows. I was like, is there someone else in, in here? Like I felt another presence in the fucking apartment and I kind of started to get scared, bro. And I was like, yo, I don't know this chick. And this everything's starting to add up, like the fucking cat, the fucking star of Bethlehem, the daddy issues, the tattoo, the fucking the toe reading, and the fucking dining room table, bro, and the the apartment that looks like it's never been used, and the old lady clothes in the closet. And, and I just kind of was like, I don't want to deal with this. And I fell asleep, woke up, she drove me home. I'm telling my roommate about this. And he was like, well, did you bang her? I was like, no, she wouldn't because she wouldn't let me go unless I went down on her. And I just didn't want to do it because she was so adamant. And, uh, and also I didn't tell you this, the fucking lawyer who she was talking to before I started talking to her, he's a guy who was into pick up, picking up women too. And I would actually say his game was pretty similar to mine verbally. And she was like, kept bringing it up. The, while we're talking, like, I, that lawyer guy, I just hated that lawyer. I don't know why, I just hated him. And she was like, she hated him. She would tell you this. Yeah. And I was like, why Why do you hate him? Because in my head, I'm thinking, he's basically like me. Like, we, we're both trying to pick up women, and we both have similar game styles. So why do you hate him? And I was like, you realize, like, we're kind of similar. And she goes, yeah, I know. But I was like, but you like me? She goes, yeah, I, I don't know. And I was like, but why do you hate him and you like me? And she goes, she, I swear to God, she looks at me, she studies me, and she goes, I don't know, you're just younger. Bro, I had more life for her to suck out of me. And this also fucking goes back into the fucking, where she's literally forming a lip lock seal with my lips and sucking, and I felt like my chest was like, uh, 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 yeah, you know? <laughs> and uh, um, so I'm telling my roommate this, and he goes, yeah, bro, I don't know, she sounds like a succubus. And he said it kind of jokingly, uh, Wikipedia succubus, let me look up Wikipedia on Succubus right now. <laughs> Let's see if I can find this. What have you, what have you always thought of a, what a succubus was? Some some creature that like turns into like a witch and just has claws, and she just <laughs> something like along those lines of course she transforms like a werewolf. All right, I click on Wikipedia and succubus. Um, okay. In folklore, folklore also describes the act of sexually penetrating a succubus as akin to entering a cavern of ice. And there are reports of succubi forcing men to perform cunnilingus on their vulvas, vulvas, which drip with urine and other fluids. In later folklore, a succubus took the form of a siren. That sentence immediately stood out to me because it literally says succubi known are known for forcing their men to go down on them before they're able to penetrate. This woman got me so fucking horny and seduced the shit out of me before this. And also, she had she told me um, when she was in college, she seduced her biology professor to get an A in the class. And the biology professor ended up falling in love with her and losing his job over this. Damn. This woman is a professional seducer. And... She did it as a living with billionaire, as an billionaire as as an escort, right? So her story says. Also, another question she was amazing at deflecting was what hospital she works at, because she was an ER nurse and she wouldn't tell me. But she was amazing at deflecting it in a way that made me forget I even asked, right? And so I don't know, man. That's the time I almost took up with a succubus. Now here's where. It gets even fucking crazier. She texts me the next day. I don't have the text right here, but I'm going to look it up and I'll fucking flash it on the screen so you guys can 
read it. So like pause here in a second when I flash it up and read it and then come back. All right. So that's the fucking text. I was able to find it. She's crazy. She sent me like a fucking on iMessage. It's one of those you have to keep scrolling. Oh, the continued. And it's this fucking long, bro. And it's just poetry. It's like your body is like a snow globe and I've never connected with someone like you. And and she's using emojis like the blizzard emoji and the fucking this like weird like blue circle, spi- circle spiral yeah. like and like the dripping wet emoji like all these fucking blue weird ass fucking emoji emojis and um and then i look her up on facebook and she has like 14 friends on facebook one profile picture and all the facebook friends of hers are uh old ladies old 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 ass ladies on the verge of death okay <laughs> and uh and her one profile picture is of her in like a basement like a concrete basement looking like maybe she went home with some random dude who lives in a shitty ass basement and it's of her in elegant white clothing with gold jewelry posing like this <laughs> <laughs> That bitch was a succubus for real. I, I mean, what? that's just like a lot of information. But do you think like if you went down on her, she would have just transformed? And what what do you think would have happened if you, you went through with it? Would you be here today? Here's what I didn't say. Remember how she ran the love code on me? Mm-hmm. To some degree, it worked because I was so so horny for this woman even days after this right because she just worked it up to be that big like i said it was like the most exciting foreplay ever and i didn't do any of the work i just laid there and let her ravish my fucking body she was professional bro and it i really did feel connected to her because we opened up so much about each other with each other and she made us do the fucking eye contact thing and i think it worked uh to some degree obviously it's lost his impact. That was years ago, right? But uh, what was the original question? What do you think would have happened if... I think I think she would have slowly kept me around and drained the life out of me. Or it would have been like that scene from that old Jackie Chan movie, The Tuxedo, where the guys drink the water that sucks the water out of them and they dry up and they go... And turn into dust. One of those two. <laughs> <laughs> so, by the way, what card did she pull? When, when you guys were playing the central oil game? I don't remember, bro. That's a good question. I have no clue what card she pulled. But I remember not thinking much of it because, like, my roommate before this, he had something called oregano oil. And I think it was because he had, like, a sinus infection or something. And so we mm-hmm. all tried the oregano oil. Shit's, like, really strong. And so that's how I knew what essential oils were. I didn't really know much about them. So I just didn't think much about it until I realized the only one missing out of a brand new box set, so she claimed, was the one that had to do with the biblical reference. Reference. That's insane. Yeah. What else stood out to you about that story? One of the biggest things, I think, is just more or less of like how she was able to seduce you and flip the script just like in a matter of what seems like in a matter of just like seconds from being like this hard to get to like trying to seduce you like yeah i know you were like horny at that time but when when you were like but i know you said you felt a presence in the room yeah like at that time were you kind of connecting the dots there yeah because like i said when immediately when i got back to my place i literally as i was walking into my apartment it was like a sunday morning uh or yeah it was like because we went out everybody went out the night before right so we're i was getting back to my place and i got back it was like because we slept in until like 3 p.m. the next day. Uh, so we both got arrived to the apartment at the same time. And I had already been processing a lot of this. And I just wanted to get home safe. And uh, and I told him about this. And that's when he told me, oh, she sounds like a succubus. So, yeah, I think a processing started because when we were about to fall asleep, like she took like magnesium and all these fucking things to help her fall asleep. Um, and I uh, just didn't need any of that. I just was already tired and it was almost like, you know how when the air conditioning comes on in your place and it kind of like the doors shake a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. it was kind of like something like that happened, but, and the door moves a little bit. And that's where I was like, yo, 
it might have been the air conditioning, but who the fuck knows? Like what there there could be someone in here that's trying to kidnap me. You know, this could be a fucking scheme. But there was nobody else in there. But I just I've always kind of had the ability to feel stuff like that. Um, even as a kid, I had a lot of like supernatural stuff happen to me and I can I'll talk about a lot of that at raw and relentless eventually, I'm sure. Um, but I've always like had the ability to where when I walk in the room, sometimes I'll walk in particular rooms where I'm just like, I don't like the energy of this room. And like, I, I get creeped out. One of the, one of those rooms where I had a supernatural, probably the last one that happened to me, I actually talked to you about it. It was like something that actually a lot of people see on the, the internet called the shadow man. I swear I saw uh, the shadow man was in this fucking room. But before we moved into this house at the Lake of the Ozarks, when I was in high school, my dad had this big ass lake house at the Lake of the Ozarks, um, just like the Netflix show Ozark, um, same lake. And we had our own boat and everything. And we were looking for a house uh, to li- to move into there. And um, it was a nice house, definitely like cribs worthy, I would say, say like MTV cribs worthy. But when we were trying to pick out what bedrooms would be ours, there was one bedroom at the end of the hallway that when we walked in, I was like, whatever we do, if we move into this house, I do not want this fucking bedroom. I, I don't know why every time I went in there, I just felt weird, like a tightness in my chest and my stomach kind of felt like, you know, like something bad's about to happen, you know? Um, <laughs> and when we fucking buy the house and move into that house, lo and behold, they forced me to make that my bedroom. And I was pissed, bro. And I started seeing this every night when I'd go to bed, I would turn off the lights and it was like, I'd have the TV on and I'd turn off the TV. And right when there was no light in the room outside the window, which was about 20, 30 feet off the ground because it's built on a, on a hill. So it can go down to the lake. Um, you see trees blowing in the background, but then a silhouette of a man wearing a fucking wide brimmed hat, just standing there over there just staring at me bro and uh i guess i'm already into the story so i might as well kind of finish it i'll go into more detail later uh on raw and relentless potentially if guys want to hear more but uh i always knew because i saw it every time i turned off the lights and i never told anybody about it um but uh i was like this the moment i tell someone about it i just know it's not like it's going to disappear and i try to show it to someone it's not going to be there I just know it. So for at least a year straight of living in that house, I would turn off the light, confirm it was there. I'd be like, all right, one of these days. And uh, it would just be there. And it never moved. But during the day, I would see like, if I was on a different level of the house, I would like kind of turn. I would see out of the corner of my eye on a different window that's also high off the ground, like a silhouette of a man wearing the same hood, walk past the window real quick. And it it would always be in the corner of my eye. And uh, so that was that would happen during the day. At night, the lights were off. I would see the silhouette in the fucking window. And um, uh, for a year, I would always confirm it was there. I would experiment with a different lighting to see what what would make it show up. I would go out and study the trees during the days to be like, yo, could some of these trees look like that? But at night, you would always see the silhouette and then the trees kind of just moving in the wind behind it, you know, but the thing never moved. And so one time, my best friend, who I'm definitely going to have on the Raw and Relentless podcast one day because he's the guy who I always talk about in the dating advice videos where um, he would always hook up with all the girls that I ever had a crush on. Uh, he's he's with me at this lake house, and I'm like, I'm going to I'm gonna make today the f- day I fucking tell him. So we're, <laughs> the night before and even that afternoon when I decided to tell him, it was dark enough in that room where I was like, all right, turn off the lights. I see you. I see you. All right, so I'm, I ran down. It's like, hey, Bobby, I'm going to tell you something. It's going to sound crazy, but I know when I tell it to you, and here's what's going to make it sound even crazier. When I try to show you, it's probably not going to be there anymore. I can just feel it. And so he's like, okay, tell me. I was like, and just so you know, this has been something that I've chosen not to tell anybody for at least a year because I know it's going to work out like this. He said, okay. And he said, Tell me about it. So I told him about the fucking man, the shadow, the silhouette, the fucking thing crossing the window, the fucking thing standing there in the dark. He goes, okay, let me see it. He's intrigued. So we go up where this was on the dock. We go up into the house, into the fucking walk to the end of the hallway, go into the bedroom. It's not there. And I never saw it again. And from that day forward, it was never there even at night. Ever. It was never there. 
that's some X Files type shit, man. Like, what? What do you think was the purpose with that? Like, what? I, I'm just so intrigued because personally, I, I, I still, part of me still doesn't really believe 100 percent in like ghosts and the supernatural. So it's kind of interesting to hear other people's stories. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, what? What do you think the purpose is? Like, why do you think you're there? Like, whatever it is that's showing up to you is happening to you. Why do you think it's choosing you? I think just as a kid, I was more susceptible to it for whatever reason. Um, Because I'll always remember this. When I was in first grade, and you know how, like, that's when you start to learn how to read a little bit and how to write sentences. And in first grade, they had the in this first grade classroom the books that the kids could pick to read during reading time. And I don't know why, but one day I picked up a book that was about ghost stories and how to hunt ghosts and shit. And it was talking about, like, this car that had an ex-mobster get killed in it and um they it turned into a rental car in the future and people would report renting the car and looking in the rearview mirror and there was a man in the back seat staring at him and then they look in the car and there was nobody there and so i would read these stories as a first grader because that book was in the fucking library and i happened to pick it up one day and uh, i remember it even told you like what to do if you ever came across a ghost it said i remember this story as a first grader um i read it in the book it said if you're ever crossing the street at night and there's a ghost crossing the street cross to the other side of the street and also make sure to keep a piece of bread crust in your left pocket because bread crust in your left pocket detracts ghosts Okay, so I read that book in first grade and I had a lot of weird shit happen to me where I I could sense like energy in the room or uh, I've seen, I've actually seen and heard a few things uh, multiple times in my childhood, but I don't want to get too deep into that. Um, but yeah, succubus, I'm pretty sure are real. And that shadow man, I don't know if that was real, but it definitely freaked me the fuck out. Yeah, and I just had a question towards when she was reading your, or was sucking the life out of you when you guys were making out, did it feel good? No, it felt like someone <laughs> breathed. It, so it felt like the air was getting pulled out of my chest. It was weird. Yeah, I bet she was sucking the life. She was <laughs> she was getting a test or taste. Yeah. So I don't know, guys. We're about fifty minutes in, and honestly, it's been a little bit different of a podcast um, that you would you'd even see on the Raw Dating Advice channel. But I thought it'd be interesting, just because I've told this story to a couple of close friends as well as Chris. And every time they're like, "Dude, how cool would it be if you told that on your Dating Advice channel?" And I was like, "You think guys really want to hear about actual stories, like weird stories, like even from me taking action in my dating life, like that?" And they're like, yeah, hell yeah, that it's entertaining. So if you guys liked just kind of like seeing this different side, if you guys want to hear more stories um, from my own past, especially ones relating to my dating life, um, give this video a thumbs up and also subscribe if you aren't already. And if you haven't subscribed to our actual new podcast coming out soon on a second channel, my second channel called The Raw and Relentless Podcast. Oh, shit. This fucking foam is getting thrown at Chris. The succubus the hurt succubus. us. I know, the succubus. <laughs> Yo, I was asking too many questions. You asked too many questions, bro. Fuck. Yo, so uh, go and subscribe to Raw and Relentless. The link is down below this video. And we'll be, we will see you guys on Monday for the next Raw Dating Advice show. See you guys.